statement together. There is only one presence and one power active as the universe and as my life. God good. Let's everybody stand up for our welcome song, which is I Dreamed of Rain.
That was fantastic. Johnny, those slides were gorgeous. So, hey there, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Joanne, Hello. would you have, would you, um, please, 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 Recurring events of grandfathers. He's having a not the Indian Christian teachers anymore. He's doing a potluck and just a gathering at his house. I think. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'll find out. Everything changes. And um, we're going to have potluck at Daria's for her our uh, summer picnic. 
on August 13th. You can kind of like gather together for that. Two o'clock. We can carpool or whatever. But there's any other announcements? We're going to do something. Do, do, do. Oh, do we have a handheld mic? So yesterday I had the great, great good fortune to go to the Veterans Museum and uh, I saw Cindy and Dave there as well and we got to honor our friend John and we'd just like to re-honor him. The Quilts of Valor is the organization that have they have made something like a hundred thousand quilts to honor veterans it's amazing but anyway this one was made for our friend john and we're going to take it back by him since i'm sitting in his wheelchair <laughs> so let's take it back and hold it up next to him and somebody could get a picture of that Who's got a phone camera they could take it with? But the um, this is a a worldwide organization, and it was so awesome to be there yesterday and see our friend be honored. You might want to walk around this way so that you can see it from the front, since I'm sitting in his chair. Yeah, go behind him. That would be good and then the audience will have to walk out front. But anyway, John, we just wanted to say thank you. We are so happy that we have you in our community. Would you like to say anything? Okay. I am not. Okay. Here we go. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you, Penny, for taking him for that ceremony too. All right, are there any other announcements? If not, would you join me in our unity statement? We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others, revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service, conscious of our oneness in God. And we could stand again for our song of joy. Which is going to be. Some of you have heard this before a couple of times. And hand upon heart. Okay. Yes. Thank you.
going to be our reader today, Hallie. Good morning to everyone. Another bright, sunny day today. Uh, I don't know if everybody got a chance to see my shirt. It's about <laughs> aging. You need something to read about. It's weird being the same age as old people. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in the same position, I think. <laughs> and I had chosen something from the Spiritual Keys to Aging Well, the booklet, one of Unity's booklet. And this is called Change is Our Friend. As children, most of us anticipate birthdays with excitement about growing older. We know we get to do more and be more with each passing year. But somewhere in early childhood, or I should say early adulthood, many of us begin to dread birthdays. Birthdays mean change to our bodies and also to our circumstances. Loved ones move away. Neighborhoods change. Favorite restaurants and stores may close. Society and technology change and challenge us. Throughout time, we lose cherished friends and family as they pass from this plane of existence. As I look at these endless changes, I can see why we resist getting older. I viewed aging through this lens of dread for many years until I had a spiritual awakening. First, I began to understand we are not our bodies. We are the everlasting, impermanent consciousness beyond our thoughts and the vessel that houses them. In truth, we are a unique expression of the divine incarnated here to live and experience the spectrum of life so the divine presence may experience more of itself. I began to understand that death is not a bad thing, just as birth is not a bad thing. It is a transformation. We transform from this expression into the next expression of living. These two learnings begin to soften my perception of the aging process. I was able to let go of my fear of not enough time, fear of change in my life, and fear the losses I might experience. I studied the concept of change and learned that change truly is the only constant in the universe. Just look at nature and the cycle of the seasons. Eastern traditions teach that the reason we suffer mentally and emotionally with change is because of our resistance to it. If we can learn to accept the universal fact that change is going to occur, we are much less likely to resist it. Instead, we can expect it and rather than suffer, be at peace with it. We can make change our friend. Throughout the years, the more I've embraced the mantra, change is my friend, the more easily I've been able to accept changes, both expected and unexpected. I may feel an initial emotional reaction, but almost immediately, I am prompted from deep within to turn to appreciation. My mind and heart almost instantly begin to focus on gratitude for what was. 
This is a powerful transformation and one we all can experience as we move from resistance to acceptance. With this new lens, I have much greater appreciation for each year of my life and the physical changes that come with it. I still don't enjoy the doctor visits and age-related health screenings or having to give up physical activities like basketball, but I can accept them peacefully. The most important byproduct of this journey from resistance to appreciation and the single most valuable gift of getting older has been recognizing the wisdom gained through my lived experiences. The internalized wisdom of a lifetime helps us make better decisions, tempers our reactions to people we previously couldn't tolerate, and allows us to coach and guide our younger friends and family as they come of age. This reservoir of individual knowledge is the precious jewel of getting older, and one that I've come to appreciate and cultivate with each passing year. Although I know I will continue to have opportunities to practice willingness to accept change, my spirit is bolstered by the wisdom that can be gained through each new experience. Wisdom I can pass on when the time is right. We journey from student to sage as we age. May you be at peace with the changes that come before you, and may your gifts of wisdom and guidance bless those with whom they are shared. And I forgot to mention the person who wrote this. I feel so in tune with what this has to say about change. The person that wrote this is Reverend Jim Blake. Change is our friend. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you, Hallie. I know you didn't write it because I know I just can't picture you playing basketball. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> okay, and this remains seated for a meditation song. I give myself to you.
Sunday of the month, and this Sunday, it's my pleasure 
to introduce all of my favorites, Audrey Pitchford. Thank you, Joanne. All right. Good morning. So there was this married couple that had lived a long, healthy life, and they had such healthy practices of eating and exercise that they lived well into their hundreds before they passed away and they went immediately to heaven. And their first day in heaven, this couple decided to go to the gym in the morning. So they were looking around, but they couldn't find the gym. And they stopped and asked an angel, hey, where's the gym up here? And this angel said, oh, you know what? We don't have those things. Um, it doesn't matter. You don't have to exercise up here. You'll always be perfectly fit and in shape. And um, one of the spouses said, oh, that's great. And the other spouse kind of frowned. And then that afternoon, the couple thought, well, maybe we'll go to the beach. And um, they were looking around for some high factor sunscreen and couldn't find any. And they asked another angel, hey, where's the sunscreen up here? And that angel said, oh, you know, uh, you don't need sunscreen here. The sun is amazing. You can enjoy it as much as you want. You'll never get sunburned. So enjoy your time at the beach. And one of the spouses was like, oh, that's lovely. And the other spouse kind of frowned. And then for, for dinner that night, they thought, well, let's go out to eat. And um, they wanted to find a health food restaurant. And so they asked another angel, hey, can you tell us where there's a health food restaurant up here? And this third angel said, oh, you know what? We don't really have those up here because it doesn't matter what you eat. You can eat donuts, everything you want. Um, you'll never feel bloated. You'll never put on any extra pounds. And um, one of the spouses said, oh, isn't that lovely? And the other spouse by now couldn't, couldn't take it anymore and said, you see, if it wasn't for all those silly brand muffins, we could have been here 40 years ago. <laughs> so our topic today is the metaphysical basis for wholeness and health. And this is part of our ongoing series from the book Heart-Centered Metaphysics from Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck. And remember that the word metaphysical is kind of a long, fancy word that literally means beyond the physical. And in unity, we also interpret metaphysical to mean uh, the same as the word theology. So in other words, the study of what God is, what humanity is, what our relationship is to each other. And we explore all of these questions from a heart-centered perspective. So bringing our whole self, our bravery, our courage, our compassion, our oneness to these questions about what is God and what is humanity. And uh, there's a big um, clue here in the title, Metaphysical Basis for Wholeness and Health, because right away, since we know the word metaphysical means looking beyond the physical, this is a reminder to us that when we're looking at health and wholeness, we're looking at beyond the physical. We're looking at something that's deeper than just the outward physical appearance. So I love that um, Hallie had that reading from, Doc, from uh, Reverend Jim Blake today um, that talked about aging and looking beyond physical changes. Uh, we, don't, we don't plan any of this alignment ahead of time, by the way, so I thought that was pretty cool. So, I wanted to start out by asking you, what do the words wholeness and health mean to you? And how are they the same or how are they different? 
Was health just your body and wholeness is your body, mind, and spirit? Okay, so one idea, health may be just your body and wholeness, body, mind, and spirit. Thank you, Joanne. I, I think that wholeness is, no matter what happens, your, your wholeness Okay. 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 So wholeness, uh, something we can have regardless of appearances, and health may be more material. Thank you, Linda. And then I thought I heard something over here. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was me thinking. That was okay. Sometimes I have to. I also have to. My mouth has to move, and sound has to come out when I think. It gets the wheels in my head turning a little faster. Um, so. I went to our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore's book, The Revealing Word, to see what he had to say about these words, um, wholeness and health. And here's what he said. So the first thing that he talked about was that wholeness was the perfect unification and expression of humanity as spirit, soul, and body. So I think this is really close to what Joanne was saying. And in unity, um, we consider spirit is our eternal, that that in us which never dies soul is our consciousness our subconsciousness and body is our outward physical expression so recognizing the perfect unification and expression together of these these three aspects of our being <coughs> charles also said true healing means to make whole so um i i love this idea that that healing and wholeness are very very connected and um that that they're interrelated perhaps so i also looked up the word health in the revealing word and i really really liked this uh definition uh, from charles of health the very essence of being universal and enduring so we can think of health as physical only and we can also think of it as more than that because this definition Health to me looks like another word for God or another word for the divine. And so what would it be like if we were saying the prayer for protection and we said, the light of health surrounds me, the love of health enfolds me, the power of health protects me, and the presence of health watches over me. Wherever I am, health is and all is well. I thought I, that, that made my brain kind of happy to go through that line of thinking. Charles also said, when we become so much at one with God mind that we abide in consciousness of health, we enter eternal peace. And I love this idea too, that as we align our thoughts with the divine and remember who and what we truly are, that we can feel a sense of peace, maybe regardless of what's going on in the outer, regardless of like, Jim Blake talked about in that reading if uh, our bodies are aging and maybe we can't play basketball. I could never play basketball anyway, but um, maybe if we have other changes that we can still be in a place of peace remembering our divinity. Charles also said that health referred to being sound or whole in mind and body. So again, connecting wholeness to health. And he said, to know God as health, take up the study of the healthy mind and make that, and not the physical appearance, the basis for every calculation. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this in a bit. Uh, so not assessing the outer appearance as a measure of, of our spiritual truth or our spiritual 
level of consciousness. And I like that he also said that health is the normal condition of humanity, that health is our birthright, our divine gift. Okay, he had a lot of things to say about health. Here's the last slide related to health. From within and does not have to be manufactured in the without. So again, this idea that health is related to our consciousness, related to our awareness of our oneness with the divine, and its outward expression might look like a lot of different things, may or may not result in a certain outcome in the outer. And health can always be demonstrated through the power of the spoken word, which I love this because um, we know the power of affirmations in unity and how we can say, I am life in expression. I am vitality. I am wholeness. Even if I'm having a temporary expression of something not working the way I wish it did, I can still claim I am health. I am wholeness. I am life. And uh, we know that this is an ability that we all have. So in unity, since our ability to affirm and to think and claim can be connected to our experience of health and wholeness, sometimes this idea gets a little twisted around and it leads to something that a friend and mentor of mine calls metaphysical malpractice. So Reverend Terry Murray from Unity of Olympia talks about metaphysical malpractice. And this is actually not a new concept. Uh, we'll talk about a couple examples of this. Hope everybody's okay out there. And um, metaphysical malpractice is the idea that when we have a health challenge, or when someone else has a health challenge, that there's shaming and blaming going on. So if I get a migraine, uh, if I start going, oh, what did I do that led to this migraine? Or um, back in 2017, my mom had a few strokes. And thankfully, she's very well recovered now. She can do almost everything she could before that. And an acquaintance um, who knows both me and my mom, who also goes to Unity, this acquaintance, um, had asked after my mom and then said, well, you know, your mom had that stroke because of what she was thinking about in her head. And uh, on a scale of one to ten, if you had to guess uh, the level of helpfulness to me of that particular <laughs> comment, I'm going to rate it right about at this number here. Yeah, just not not a useful, not a useful way to think. Um, interestingly, um, when we want to make a change or learn something new, um, there's a lot of research, research that shows that shame is not a good teaching technique, not a good learning tactic, um, so not helpful. Um, metaphysical malpractice is also the idea of assessing someone or our own level of spirituality based on outward appearances. So I might have told you this story as well before. Um, a unity minister told me that the unity um, village library and archives used to have a bunch of reading glasses stuffed into the books. And she said the reason for this is that if someone was, uh, you know, reading something and they're in the age category I am or more, and they're using their reading glasses, and someone else came along, they would quickly rip their reading glasses off and stuff them in the books so that other people wouldn't think that they needed reading glasses to read something. And, and again, looking at outer 
as a metric of our spiritual practice or our spiritual advancement is, uh, I think, an example of metaphysical malpractice because we we can never assess what's going on for for other people. Sometimes I can't even assess what's going on for myself. So, uh, yeah. I think it is very helpful when I have a healing challenge to think about it, uh, not about demonstrating to other people, but to think about it in terms of what's mine to do now, now that this migraine has happened, or now that someone I love is having a health challenge, what's mine to do now? What will I do? And even more importantly, how will I do it? I want to tell you two stories this morning. And one is about uh, Reverend Joy Weiler. I don't know if anyone else has heard of her. She's a great unity writer and speaker. She actually um, unfortunately passed away last year. Um, but she wrote a wonderful article called Radical Wholeness. And I posted this article um, through Tom on the um, Unity Center for Positive Living website if you want to read it. It's also out on unity.org. So Reverend Joy's story she was born in the 1950s in the Midwest with a rare form of dwarfism. And I had the opportunity to meet her last year at the Unity Conference, and she's, she's very, very short. Like, she barely comes up above, above the height of my knee. And when she was born, the hospital told her family that she was so deformed that they should not expect her to live for very long, and they should just abandon her at the hospital. And her family left the hospital, but a couple days later, her father had a change of heart. And he went back to the hospital and he told the doctors and nurses, my daughter is completely whole and perfect as she is. And he took her home. And with her support of her loving family, Joy grew to adulthood, got married, had children, became a lawyer, and ultimately became a unity minister. Now, when she was uh, doing her study of all things unity, she ran across an author, Eric Butterworth, who said some things that she did not agree with when it came to health and wholeness. And uh, just to paraphrase, um, Eric Butterworth's words were about uh, physical difficulties or deformity. And he said, in every case, physical difficulties or deformity are partial expressions of wholeness or allness. And Reverend Joy had this to say. She said, in every case, Butterworth was saying, our physical difficulties, as well as what many judge our deformities, are only a partial expression of our true whole selves. I challenge this idea. And in challenging this idea, Reverend Joy referred to our second story, which is from the Gospel of John, chapter 9. So in the Gospel of John, chapter 9, this is one of the healing stories where Jesus encounters a man who has been blind since birth. And some metaphysical malpractice happens at the start of the story because the disciples come up to Jesus and they say, hey, teacher, whose sin caused this man to be blind? Was it his parents' sin or was it his own sin? So again, looking to blame. 
So metaphysical malpractice has been around at least 2,000 years that we know about, maybe longer. And our master teacher spoke in wisdom, and he said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. In other words, for an opportunity for divinity to express. And here's what Reverend Joy had to say about this gospel. She said, to me, Jesus's response says that everyone is born with a clean slate and with a unique path for revealing their own divinity. Every condition we deem as diversity, or excuse me, as adversity, is an opportunity to reveal the depth of power, wisdom, and love in our true nature. God's work revealed in him describes the work of everyone. It is not a special charge to individuals with physical challenges or disabilities. It is a special charge to us all. And so the way the healing happens in this parable, I think is also really interesting because Jesus puts clay on the man's eyes and tells the man to go wash the clay off in a certain space and then the man is healed. And so several things I love about the imagery of this story is that the man co-creates his own healing. He participates with the divine in his own healing. And the image of um, washing the clay off the eyes reminds me of one of our divine powers that we celebrate in the month of July, which is the power of understanding. The power of questioning our old thinking, the power of looking at how can I see this differently? How can I see this with a new perspective? How can I bring together everything I've learned so far and synthesize it into a new, a new insight, a new level of awareness? I think it's also interesting later in this story too, we learned that this man had been a beggar from birth and with this healing, he was so profoundly transformed that his friends and his family almost didn't recognize him. And he actually spoke up to and challenged the Pharisees and ultimately got booted out of the, out of the temple. And so I think, I think, again, looking at the symbols in this story, we can understand that as we experience healing, as we experience greater levels of spiritual understanding, our old ways of being might not fit anymore. We might not be able to fit into the same mold that we were in in the past as we move forward in greater understanding and wholeness. So Reverend Joy asks three questions that can help us stay out of metaphysical malpractice. And her first question is, what if wholeness has a variety of diverse physical experience, appearances? Excuse me. What if wholeness has a variety of diverse physical appearances? This always kind of makes me think of that uh, Leonardo da Vinci drawing of the Vitruvian man, the guy in the, in the circle and the, and the square, um, which is supposed to be an image of the ideal man and probably describes maybe, I don't know, 2% of the population. And what if wholeness can look like a variety of physical appearances. Reverend Joy also says, what if we don't assume people's level of spirituality based on outward appearances? Or what if we don't assume our own level of spirituality based on outward physical appearances? What if we don't assume someone who had a stroke had 
some kind of negative thought in their head. What if we don't assume that me wearing my reading glasses means I have to hide it from other people so they, they think I'm more spiritual? Finally, Reverend Joy asks, what if we move beyond thinking we know what others need? It can be tempting, I think, sometimes to offer suggestions or ideas to others. Oh, you know what you should do? Or have you tried this? Or, well, what about that? And what if we recognize we have opportunities for our own healing? We can support our loved ones and cheer them on um, without presuming that we know what they need. Right now, I need my glasses. Another strategy for moving beyond metaphysical malpractice is exercising our power of understanding, recognizing that the ways that we've seen things in the past may not be the full picture, recognizing that we may have more to learn. And as we bring compassion to how we see others and how we see ourselves, I think that's one of the best ways to stay out of metaphysical malpractice, remembering that we're all on this human journey. We're all expressions of the divine, living as, um, as fully and freely as possible and having a variety of experiences. Now, um, I wanna circle back to my joke because I, even though I like uh, telling funny things, I do try to try to pick jokes that align with my talk, and uh, and that's part of why I picked this one. So I have heard some Unity people talk about death as a failure, like a failure to um, express divinity or a failure to um, adequately heal ourselves through our thinking. And again, I think this kind of connects back to that metaphysical malpractice idea. I think for me, I've lost loved ones. I'm sure probably everyone in the room has. And I know there's times that I've been pretty upset about it. Um, when my grandfather died, I was, I was angry. I wasn't ready for him to go. I, I loved, loved him very much. I've had other loved ones that I felt very sad when they passed away. You know, right now I have a good friend who's dealing with a really severe health challenge. And I'm not going to lie to you. I want her to live selfishly. I want her to, to be around. And I also recognize that ultimately it's not up to me. <laughs> Sometimes I need to remind myself that. All lives have a beginning and an end. And there are some unity thinkers that say that death is a form of healing. Death is a form of healing. Now, I have to say, I'm, I'm still scratching my head on that one to decide whether or not I agree with it. But it's an interesting idea to me, the idea that death is a form of healing. I think a part of it connects to me to what I often hear people say when someone dies, that their suffering is over. It also makes me think about our Unity co-founder, Myrtle Fillmore, towards the end of her life. She knew she was passing away soon, and she told her friends and family that she was intending to continue her work from the other side, that she felt like she could do more good working on the other side. And we know that when our loved ones make their transition, that our connection to them continues. 
our love for them continues. Our relationship changes, but the love is still there. The connection is still there. And so um, perhaps they're off uh, enjoying not having to go to the gym anymore or being able to eat donuts whenever they want to. Uh, so I just wanted to put that out there as some food for thought, and I'm still certainly giving that one some thought as well. Audrey? Yeah, Joanne. Maybe they're referring to the healing that you did maybe they're referring to the ultimate healing the ultimate wholeness that was mentioned on the other slide yeah that ultimate unification of spirit soul and body yeah yeah great point joy thank you all right but i do think it's helpful to remember that uh, we don't have to see death as a failure yeah we can we can think other thoughts Charles had a few suggestions on um, strategies that helped with healing. He talked about believing and being open to the stream of life. So I think, again, this is seeing ourselves as one with divine health, seeing health as our birthright. And he also talked about releasing error thoughts. So I think when uh, people have been hanging around unity for a while, it's pretty easy for us all to be in agreement that we're all one with the divine. Every Everyone on this planet is one with the divine. I don't know about you, sometimes I, I hear other beliefs in my head that don't really go with that idea. Like I hear the idea, oh, well, you know, my mom had migraines, so I'll probably have migraines. Or, oh, there's diabetes in my family, so I better, you know, examine if I'm going to end up with diabetes someday. So, so I might have ideas going in my head that really don't go with the idea that I'm one with divine whole, health and wholeness in every moment. And so an opportunity to explore what we have in our consciousness and see if there's anything to release. And Charles also talked about declaring words of truth, using those affirmations. I am a healed whole expression of the divine right now. Charles's words were vitalizing energy floods my whole being and I am healed. And in our meditation, we'll use a couple practices um, that can also, I believe, have a very healing effect. At least that's been my experience in my, in my life. So as we prepare for meditation, I do encourage us all to keep this framework in our minds that wholeness and health can definitely have expression beyond the physical, and that health is another word for the divine, and as such, we are one with health, and health is our birthright. We can practice using our spiritual understanding to let go, to wipe any clay off of our eyes and be open to seeing things new and to new ways of being. And so now I invite us to start with some practices in our meditation time. The first practice, I love that one of our songs talked about putting our hands on our heart because again, we don't plan this ahead of time. And this is part of our meditation as well. So I invite you to take your non-dominant hand and put it on your heart. So for me, I'm right-handed, so I'm putting my left hand on my heart. 
If you're left-handed, you put your right hand on your heart, your non-dominant hand. And then I invite you to put your dominant hand on your diaphragm muscle and just feel your body breathe. So I'm gonna um, have to move the microphone for a bit. So as we have our non-dominant hand on our heart, our dominant hand on our diaphragm, let's just take three slow, natural, deep breaths. And so as you continue to take natural, slow, deep breaths, I invite you to notice, notice without judgment, how your body moves when you breathe. Does your chest lift and drop? Does your belly lift and drop? And just notice with mindfulness, what your body does when you breathe. We know the power of breath is so connected to our wholeness and to our health. And our second practice, keeping our non-dominant hand on our heart I invite us to put our dominant hand on top of that hand and just gently pat or stroke your own hand. Just gently, as if you're petting a beloved child, partner, pet, friend. How you would touch someone who is very dear to you. And I invite you to just notice the sensations in your non-dominant hand. We know how important touch is to healing and wholeness. I notice my non-dominant hand feels joy at the experience of touch. Finally, for our last meditation practice, I invite you to either put your hands back to where they were at the breathing exercise with your non-dominant hand on your heart, your dominant hand on your diaphragm muscle, or keep both hands at your heart, gently patting your non-dominant hand or switching if you want to take turns and pat, pat the other hand. And this was also something that was mentioned in one of our wonderful songs today, expressing the power of gratitude and appreciation. And Reverend Blake mentioned this in the article that Hallie read for us as well. So when I'm doing a gratitude meditation for health and wholeness, I like visualizing the parts of my body and thanking them. So I am so grateful for my happy, healthy head, my enlightened eyes, my marvelous mouth, my natural neck, my supreme shoulders, my amazing arms, 
my fantastic fingers, my terrific torso, my inspired and optimal inner organs, my perfect pelvis, my lovely legs, my fantastic feet, my terrific toes. I am so grateful for you. And I invite us to take a moment and breathe gratitude to all these parts and more. And so with great understanding and with great gratitude, I can say I am divine perfect health right now. And I invite us all to affirm that together. I am divine perfect health right now. And we know this is so, amen. Thank you, Audrey, that was wonderful as always. Okay, everybody, back to present time. Present, please. See, while we're together in spirit, physically and virtually, we want to thank everyone who has donated to Unity by Mail. We appreciate any checks sent to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia 98531. You can also donate online by clicking on the donation page on our website, unitycentralia.net. And we also deeply appreciate the ways you give of your time, talent, and treasure. As we hold our offering in our hands and hearts, let's say our offering prayer together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. See the blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. Now, if you'd like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, Please raise your hand, unmute, and tell us who it is, or hold them quietly in your heart. Members of our community have requested we send out healing prayers and energy to children and women and men displaced by war. For members of our communities who must deal with basic human needs while living without a home, 
John and all of our members, the members of our community dealing with health issues, Johnny and all members of our communities that are recovering from surgeries. Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all, and endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. Let's say the prayer of protection together. The light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us, the presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Yeah. Um, I forgot to announce during announcements that we have a friend having a birthday this month. I think he's here with us. He's probably the shortest one in the audience. Um, Dave, Mary, would you tell us when his birthday is and what you have planned? His birthday is on the 25th of the 8th, but his party is on the 26th at 10 o'clock at Main Okay, thank you. Okay. And anybody would like to come and invite him? Okay, thank you. Yeah, we know where I'll, I'll send out a notice. No, Thanks, you, Thanks, Gabe. You come and join us while we sing the peace song. Okay, so let's make a circle. Come on, join hands. Again, okay? Come on, come on, Gabe. Thank you to all who made our Sunday service. Thanks for being our cameraman, Dave. Not a problem. Yes, we have the great music. Trial by fire. Okay. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> 